Do you have a favorite Price is Right pricing game? Oh, Plinko. It's not, Real- it's not so much a pricing game, but it's Plinko. Yeah, but it's like all luck. Yeah, but, it, but, yes. but everyone roots for you. <laughs> it's fun. I get it. Everyone's just like happy yeah. you're there. Totally. Everyone's very supportive. Yeah. That's all. It's like Obsessed Fest. There you go. <laughs> Let's have Plinko next year. Know. We'll oh talk God. about it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Fam, before we get to the show, just a quick reminder. Join us on the Patreon. Yes. We just uploaded our live show from Obsessed Fest. Speaking of Obsessed Fest. You can see the whole thing. It's the video. It's not just the audio. So yeah. you can see the dancers and the opening number. Like professionally filmed from yes. all these different angles. Yes, you're really going to feel like you're there. It was so fun. It was so funny. The opening number is like sexy. Even if you saw us on Broadway, sexy. it's different. We added to it. Yeah. It's also where you can get over 350 full ad-free bonus apps. That's right. You want to give some examples? Yeah. So it's like the ad-free version of these episodes on the regular feed and then all of like the long form stuff like Wild Crime and Love Fraud and Bad Vegan and Hillsong and we're doing Finding Andrea right now. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one about the UFO cult? Oh, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. I'll be on in the dark. The one about the unmasking of the Golden State Killer. Yes. Oh, McMillions. McMillions. The the Lacey Peterson one. Serial season one which is trash. Yeah. But we still get some good mileage out of it. It was I think like the first series we ever did. Yeah. But we still gave it to Sarah. Tell you that right now. We did not let her off the hook, even back then. No. Also, fam, follow us on to talk. Mm. We are True Crime Obsessed Pod. Follow Obsessed Fest on Instagram. It's at Obsessed Fest. Yes. And join our Facebook group. That's where you come to find community and make new friends and talk about the episodes. It's the True Crime Obsessed Podcast Discussion Group. That's right. That's yeah, all. That's all. I, it's I, all. I, that, I know. That's great. I always say, I would say that's all. So, like, that's it. Yeah, three but, simple things you got to do today. But it's all fun things, and it's, it's true. all for you, everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> All right, girl, what are we talking about today? Natalie Grillo, our director of projects, absolutely loves this documentary. Oh, this, that makes perfect sense. I can't believe she's never been on The Price is Right. I know. It's called The Perfect Bid, The Contestant Who Knew Too Much. It's on Netflix. <laughs> he wins his game, they go to commercial, and it's time to start up again, and the next item up for bids, and it's a recliner. So I listen carefully, and I look at the monitor, and I see it's a recline. Wardell, who's just come down to contestants row, bids first, and I'm thinking, please don't bid $5.99, please don't bid $5.99, please don't bid $5.99. Uh, $650. $650. Now let's go up here to Theodore. $5.99. $5.99. One of you is exactly right. $100 bonus for the contestant who bid $5.99. Theodore. Very happy. I go up on stage. I almost tripped going up the stairs. People say you don't really understand it till you're on the stage, and it's true. You get up there and you're just kind of like, oh my god, I don't know what I'm doing. It's very exciting. And I just, uh... Can I just say, this documentary has like an opening credit sequence. Yeah. I've never seen that before. Really? Yeah, like, it's like, like a TV show. Yeah. You know, it's The Price is Right. Even though The Price is Right absolutely does not have opening credits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was The Price is Right before your time? No. I think The Price is Right is everyone's it's time. It's everyone's time. I remember the Bob Barker days. I would like stay home from school, and that was the thing you watched. With or, your ginger ale. With your ginger ale. So you didn't feel well. Totally. And then you waited until Santa Barbara the soap opera came on. You lost me. I know. <laughs> that there was a soap opera called Santa Barbara. Santa. You, the Eden and Cruise of it all. Look, I, we don't have time. Kelly Capel, it's where we got Robin Wright. That was her first gig. Oh. She had to leave that to go make the Princess Buttercup thing. The Princess Bride? The Princess Bride. With my boyfriend and yours, Peter Falk? Yeah. I forgot he was in that. He's the grandpa. Yeah, he reads the story. I, that's right. 
Every story's a storybook story. Grandpa, maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. Peter Falk. Anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway, get us started, girl. All right, so we meet Ted Slauson. Hey, he's a homosexual. Yeah, I'm going to say it right now. drops it in about halfway through. Halfway hey, through, Ted. I didn't know. Yeah, because at first he does something where I'm like, oh, Ted, barf. But then also <laughs> right. still barf, even no, though you're gay. We'll yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. Gays, in. you're not off the hook from the sexual harassment of women because you're a homo. Can you say that for gay men because they seem gays. to think it doesn't apply to me no, for some reason? It doesn't the, apply to women? It, it does. Like, I understand that there's like a perceived closeness and we're trying, like, the argument is that we're just like, we love you and we feel comfortable and close. No, 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 no. Groping and grabbing is yeah. groping and grabbing. I watched you almost knife a guy to death who I'm assuming is a homosexual. Yes. At a bar because he, you didn't see him coming and he planted he one on you. He came up and grabbed my face yeah. and kissed me and I uh, went, yeah. what the? F-? You had a knife in your hand. It, you had a steak knife in your hand. I was eating an Impossible Burger <laughs> as I want to do. Um, but yeah, don't grab us. No. Uh, no one grab anyone. No, exactly. Can we just leave it at that? No anyway. one grab anyone. Merch dropping this the fall. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Um, so, Ted Slauson. Yeah. And it's like, did he cheat the prices right or did he just come prepared? That's yeah. what this whole film is about. Sure. But right? I wish this whole film was a documentary about a cable access show he used to make with a woman named Linda called Homework Helpline. It is very cute. Hi, I'm Linda. I'm Ted. You're Linda. I'm Ted. Oh, are you I don't know who you are. Who are we? <laughs> I'm Linda. And the Homework Helpline is coming up in just a minute as soon as we figure out who we are. <laughs> What is this? It's like a cable access show where I believe that like nerdy Ted and his like nerdy pal Linda would let kids call in and ask like their math questions. Right, because I guess their parents were like, fuck off, kid, do it yourself. Totally. Or their parents weren't working or something, and so they needed help. There was no internet at the time. No. Like they just called this TV show we and asked We only for get like help. two minutes of it. And then we see Very the, wholesome. the co-host Linda, who thinks Ted is a gas. Loves him. Loves Ted, laughs at all of his jokes. I got but bad I'm news, like, what? Linda. What? I got great news, but I, I got I have some news, Linda. <laughs> Take it however you're, you You're will. talking about the gay stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah, Because she looks at him kind of like, oh. She does a little doughy eye. But That's it is. True. It's sweet. It's a very yeah. wholesome show. He's very smart. He's good with the kids. It, like, yeah. it, I get it. We only get 30 seconds of it. I want a whole documentary. But homework you, helpline. But the reason we have that footage is because Ted has that footage. Yeah. Which I, I love. Well, and also, Ted, it seems like a very organized person. Ted knows where everything we're is. We're going to 90 minutes of how organized Ted is. <laughs> Steve, you think you're organized? No. Move over. He had spreadsheets before Microsoft. Before Mike, before Mike, one more time. Before who? He had spreadsheets before Microsoft Excel was yes. a thing. I yeah. couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I'm allergic to the words Microsoft Excel. I can't even say them. You did great that time. Thank you so because I had to practice. Steve made you put them in your wedding vows. Totally. Steve, I love you so much, but move the hell over because this guy is more no. organized than any of you. I know. My name is Ted Slauson, and. Uh, I was born in, on uh, an Air Force base in Massachusetts. My dad was in the Air Force. From uh, there, when I was six weeks old, we moved to Wisconsin, which is where both of my parents are from. Lived there for a few years, moved down to the Kansas City, Missouri area, where my dad was stationed for a few years. And then in 1970, they moved to California, where my dad was transferred. We do see some teenage photos of Ted where he looks very much like a cross between me, Elton John, and my dad. Oh, great. They're very not sexy. Okay. Ted, at that point in his life, had achieved the best he was ever going to look. He was like a strong six, and he was really yeah. working it. And I relate to this. I think he's still, he's got himself together now. Sure. No? <laughs> yeah, he found himself a great partner. Right. I don't know if they're still together. We don't know. We never meet the partner. No. But we do meet Roger Dobkowitz. The Price is Right. America's love-in with the giveaway. 
A hit in prime time in the 1950s, by 1972, the producers decide time is right for a daytime version. Roger Dobkowitz started as a production assistant on The Price is Right. It was his first job in television. But we learned in 1972, the producers were like, all right, we need to move this shit to daytime. Because it was such a major success at yes. the point. It blew up. Yeah. And so this is where we meet Roger. And he, like, started as a, as a production assistant on the show. And... He's explaining the way it worked in the old school days. He's trying to explain math, essentially, because he says... <laughs> and I appreciate you, Roger. He's telling us how they would do the calculations for the showcase yeah. in real time, because it was 1972. They didn't have, like, computers adding it up. They had, like, calculators behind the scenes. Calculators and computer, would... but okay. we won't split hairs, Roger. <laughs> but he does say, he was like, how did we wow. even survive on this rudimentary I know. equipment? I know, I'm Like, Roger. Look, I would have been scared. If that were my job and I had to add up all the numbers, no. Yeah. Uh-uh. So they, they give us a quick image of a TV guide from back then, which of course I screenshot. Oh my God. So at like what nine, was happening? Well, we have the electric company episode <gasps> number 78, Rita Moreno as an assembly line worker and a sketch on the letter A. Oh my and God. And sounding out words with AI. Oh my God. Then we have the price at 10.30, so it wasn't 11 a.m. back then. Uh-huh. 10.30, we had the price is right. Also, a lot of competition. <laughs> at the same time, we had the price is right on channel two, concentration, petticoat junction, <gasps> and then some religious nonsense called encounter. Petticoat junction. Yeah. The bar was set real low. Yeah, and you then at I mean? 11 came, you know, Andy Griffith and Gambit. God, you know what? I'm alive at exactly the right time. You know what <laughs> it was I mean? nothing to watch. Nowadays, everyone has four TVs and a million channels to watch. Well, back in the early 70s, there were four channels and we had one TV. And with six kids, obviously, we had to all agree on what to watch. And, you know, my older brothers and sisters decided they wanted to watch The Prices Right. So I grudgingly, you know, sat down and watched it with them. And by the end of the show, I was pretty much hooked. So he, like, had to watch The Price is Right, but yeah. 10 minutes in, he was like, I loved it. I was hooked. He's like a total math nerd. Well, here's the thing. So he's yeah. a math teacher, but he also does mathematics assessment, which means that he writes and develops and reviews test questions for standardized tests. So he's like a math genius, He's basically. like a very specialized person who uses his power for the forces of beating game shows. Right, but, you know like, I mean? but for anyone to beat the game show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just about him totally. doing it. It's not like that guy who did the same thing to Press Your Luck, where it was right. all about him. Yes. This was, he's this not was, cheating. Like, this guy's legitimately... Like, he gamed the system because the prices right people were lazy. Right, and they supported it to a point. So yes, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drew, Drew Carey shut down the whole party. <laughs> totally. So Who knew that Drew Carey was such a fucking buzzkill? He's a though? real stickler. Drew- <laughs> he yells at his best friend, Kevin Pollack. Kevin Pollack, who I love, asks him one single question know, like I for know. the sake of clarity, and he waves his hand in Kevin Pollack's face. While we're on the subject, can I just tell you, I'm on the TikTok, and I'm getting a lot of the Between the Two Ferns clips. Oh, yeah. Now, Did I you, like, just it- learn what that show is? No, I... Okay. No, oh! Whoa, you totally just okay boomered me with your eyes. You okay millennials me or whatever about that San Jose show, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. My point is just I loved it until he used the anti-gay F word and it made me really mad. Who did? Zach, Zach Galifianakis? Yes. Oh, it was in a Ben Stiller on. moment and I got really mad. Oh, that's annoying. But it is really funny. Okay, yeah, it's it good. Really, because it's all just about him like being a dick and being a buzzkill. Right, yeah. and like saying John Hamm isn't handsome and all these right. things. <laughs> So one week I got into like watching prices rights from like 1973. The same refrigerator freezer is on four different episodes that I watched and it was $789 all four times. I'm like, well, see, there it is. There's proof. It was way back in the beginning. It was the same, you know, 
same stuff over and over. He realizes that they have the same items on the show over and over again, and the yes. prices would never change. So, like, yes, over the years they would because of inflation or whatever. Right. But generally, from day to day, the same week, you'd have, like, the same fridge for the same price. Which is just, like, it's as though I'm running the ship over at the prices, right? I That's know. how I would do it because I'm a dummy. I mean, maybe the world was just greener back then. No but one they, was thinking anyone I would guess. do this. And yeah. honestly, if they did, good on them. You oh, know, totally. like, who cares? Yeah. So this is where I have in my notes. You think Steve Tipton is organized? Because no. so, but what Ted decides to do is track the prices, and he keeps yes. meticulous, and I mean meticulous notes. You got to remember, this is before Control F. The guy is like building spreadsheets that you—they're not searchable. Looking at these spreadsheets just gives me a fucking headache. Yeah, they're dated, they're cross-referenced, yeah. they're organized by date or yes. organized by brand. It's unreal. Now we're back to Roger, the PA. Yeah, and he wrote a two hundred-page thesis. On, quote, the historical study of primetime network television audience participation programs from 1948 to 1968. He writes his college thesis on game shows. Because I love game shows. I gotta say, it's super nerdy, but you know, like, this is a new thing because of Survivor. The Survivor fans are so in. Cochran went to Harvard and he wrote his fucking. Don't you look at me like you don't know who Cochran is. Oh my God. God, Sorry. It's like Johnny Fairplay. I know you're listening. We don't have time for this right now. All (laughs) right. Now, I, you say Survivor, but I, what I was going to say was, this is actually a very interesting topic yeah. because there were all those famous, like, quiz show scandals yeah, in yeah, the yeah, 50s, yeah. and, like, the FCC wanted to ban giveaways, yeah. and then all of these shows. Like, it is pretty interesting. It's really interesting, and, like, Survivor as a game, it, like, because it was essentially created by the players, it's kind of fucking amazing. Oh, really? So my point is just that, like, the fact that this guy wrote a 200-page thesis on game show play yeah. isn't shocking. Like, people are fascinated by game shows. Especially because there were scandals there, too, totally. right? So Roger the PA sends this thesis out to like 30 game show producers. Yeah. And here's another thing that's like, oh, that's so nerdy. I love it. Yeah. The credits only <laughs> rolled once a week. This was when I worked at CNBC. It was the same thing. Is that right? Yeah. God. So what you'd have to do is wait until Friday or whatever to write them all down as fast as possible. And if you missed it, you oh had to my wait God. the whole week. Right, because you couldn't even, this was like pre-VCR. You couldn't even like tape it. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my God. And I sent a copy of my thesis out to like 20 or 30 game show producers. I saw Mark Goodson, and Mark Goodson was one of those people. Near the end of the interview, he said to me, he said, when are you flying back to Los Angeles? I said, flying back? I'm driving back. He said, you drove to New York? And he said, Roger, I decided to hire you because anyone that would drive to New York City for an interview has a lot of initiative. So, but he sends it out to all these producers and this guy, Mark Goodson. Yeah, a Mark Goodson television production. Mark Goodson. (laughs) But this guy, like, Mark Goodson, like, himself gets in touch with him. And Mark Goodson, he did, like, basically every old famous game show you could think of, he was, like, a prolific producer. So Family Feud, Match Game, To Tell the Truth, Password, What's My Line, all those, like, old school famous ones. How do you, what is, who are you? I Googled it. Oh, okay. But I know who Mark Goodson is. (laughs) Because it's always like, this has been a Mark Goodson television production. There is a 65-year-old gay man who lives inside you and That's I didn't I didn't really I thought maybe the gay guy really liked the game shows I all of a sudden I think he was kind of like goog this girl yeah, totally. listen to me have I ever steered you wrong <laughs> listen to me He's that and guy's never it. steered you wrong yeah it's like a Ouija board only yeah, yeah, yeah. gay totally. man inside me telling oh, me what to do so Bob Barker's here. All of a sudden, Bob Barker's here looking worse for the wear. Uh, yeah, I feel like this was sort of late in his yes. lifetime. He's no longer with us. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, great. Let me make extra short. <laughs> See, the gay man inside. How would he know? Yeah. He is alive? Is he really? His birthday's December 12th. <laughs> 
1923. He can't still be alive. That He would be He's 100 alive. years old. He is alive. What? <laughs> He's 98 years old. Oh, my God. He's the happiest person I've ever seen. He's 6'1". <laughs> this is all just Googling. On okay. the it's not... When I was on duty, I had a disc jockey show. There was an audience participation show. The host didn't show up. He was never ashamed to take a drink. And I think that he probably over imbibed. But in any event, G. Pearson Ward came rushing in there. Bob, you have to, he said, you have to get out there and do that show. I grabbed the hand mic, went out, started talking to the audience. And I got about three or four laughs. And I thought, I like this. <laughs> I'm going to try to make them do that some more. But then he also got to start on TV because the host of what they call an audience participation show, right. Fucking Price is Right, was too hammered to do the job. <laughs> some, some guy hired me to be the fucking right. host of the show. I got two wasted one day, couldn't go to work. And so they call me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but, like, it was live. It was, like, backstage, and they were yeah. like, get out there, kid. And yeah, they, like, yeah, shoved yeah. him out there. And he got that really skinny pencil mic. Of course. And, like, the rest is and history. he says, he, he's like, I got three or four laughs and I was like I gotta do this for the rest of my life he goes home his wife Dorothy Joe yeah. had seen the show and she's like "That's you're better at that than anything you've ever done do that forever this is what you do now and he was like alright okay. that's great <laughs> so also, oh, also his wife calls him Barker yeah last time hey Barker <laughs> Barker <laughs> or is it like Barker hey, hey Barks Calling someone exclusively by Her their name last name. Her name is Dorothy Joe. She yells it, for sure. Yeah. So we're back with Roger, the guy who wrote the thesis. Right. After 12 years working on the show, as a PA, he gets promoted to a producer. Right. And everyone's really happy for him. I'm like, it took you 12 years to get promoted from a PA job? 12 years? I think years? he was doing a lot of other things I hope. there. But he's like the guy. He's like the, yeah. he's sort of like taking over he's the, the show. He's the Gilman. That, it, you remember, <laughs> do you know who that is? That's Regis and yeah. Kathy Lee, right? Yes. Wasn't she always talking? Gilman? Was he, were they married? No, Gilman was just the producer. Who I thought was gay, but then wasn't. But I like th- they would always talk to him behind. Like I everything was Gilman's fault, and then it became like a bit. Right? Gilman was then- part of the show, exactly. They weren't married. No, <laughs> she was married to Frank. Frank who? Frank Gifford. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was his deal? Did he do anything of note? Oh my god, Jillian! <laughs> he was like one of the most famous football players of all time, which is weird. That I- <laughs> Don't you give me that fucking tone? How dare you? <laughs> You're right. I, you know what? I strike Rude. it from the record. I, Aaron, Rude. I strike it from the record. Oh my God. Never again. We've been through way too much for you to give me that look over sports ball. I can't believe I did that. Madam. I can't believe I did that. And so after, after 12 years, a uh, good like me, and when there was an opening, he promoted me to be a producer because he realized not only did I know the show, I love the prices right. I just love the prices right. Any pride that I feel, I have to share with several people. One of them right over here, Roger Dobkowitz. He was a splendid producer, and he protected me in every situation where a little protection was needed. He's a producer. Bob Barker loves him. And then Bob says, and I thought this was suspect, Mm. Roger protected me in every situation where I needed protecting. Bob? Yeah. What they're trying to say is that they became, like, great friends, and he's a wonderful producer, and he's a wonderful host, and they, like, always had each other's backs. But it is, like, how much protection? Yeah, Bob, how much? And and we are aware, fam. We looked it up. We know about there was, like, some accusations against him in the 90s with one of the models that he had, like, a three-year relationship with, but then she dropped the charges. So we don't quite know the deal with Bob Barker, but we know there's something. 
there. We are aware. Yes, yes. So anyway, we're back to Ted. Ted takes a vacation with his across-the-street neighbor, D. He's 18 years old. This is the most fucking... If I'm D, I am never forgiving him. This is the most boring vacation. They drive from wherever they live in Northern California to Los Angeles, but they take the longest route possible so that she can quiz him on the prices of the fucking toasters on the prices, right? Well, Ted says that D's still annoyed about it to this day. (laughs) I would be too. Yeah. (laughs) And also, like, he doesn't seem like he was out of the closet at that point. Maybe D thought it was something else. 18 years old. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, honey, let's take the long way. To fucking, so you can quiz me. Ask me me about that Frigidaire again. (laughs) It's like all mattresses. Yeah. Fucking coffee makers. Totally. So here's what happens when you get to The Price is Right. Because that's where they're going. That yeah. Their vacation is that they're going to go watch The Price is yeah, Right. Yeah, no, he's not being quizzed just for fun. No. Although, from what we know about he Ted, he, would, would, have, he would love that's that. That's what he does on Friday nights, 100%. which is fine because yeah. it got him here. Yeah. So what happens when you get to The Price is Right? I'm also shocked I haven't at least tried to go well, to The Price is, is Right. Well, this is very you and me because you have to wait in line like you're waiting to see Rent. It's right. like a very, if you're a theater kid, you know what that means. Yes. it's a very that. So Ted says you show up and you hope that there's not at least 300 people there already. And even if like you're early and there isn't that many, they would like bring in groups that didn't have to wait in line. Yeah. So like you could still get there early and not get a spot, which would suck. Right. So it would be like a bunch of like one, then two people, and yeah. then like a group of 10. Exactly. And they'll cut it or off. Or a group of like 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they would have like bachelorette parties and shit. Who's bringing 60 people to their bachelorette <laughs> I don't party? Know. I, it was, it was two, it was, it was the uh-huh. intersection of two examples. I got it, got it. Okay. You know I mean? Well, I had always liked Holly, who was one of the models on the show. Um, and so my sister had this idea. We had a shirt made that said, I'm here to kiss Holly. And guy who made it was very helpful. And he was like, how about we put some felt hearts behind Holly's name? And he got, you know, the most fancy cursive for her name. And, you know, a lot of times people would get picked who had special shirts made. Then we decided on the back, we would put, sorry, Bob. And he insisted on making a little frowny face out of little scraps of felt. And so uh, that was the shirt I wore to the first taping. So Ted's sister comes up with an idea to make a shirt. Because, you know, everyone's wearing a shirt to get noticed. Exactly. And his shirt says, I'm here to kiss Holly with a lot of hearts on it. Uh Uh-huh. And on the back, it says, like, sorry, Bob, with a sad face. Which is like, we know he's gay. And again, Well, we learn that later. We don't know that now. That's true. It's very garbage. Or he's bi. Is he bi? I'm going to go with gay. Okay. He could be bi. He could be bi. The point is just that like the women on The Price is Right were very much treated like objects. Well, they were called the beauties. The Barker's beauties. You know? It was always only women. Yeah. So like it was Not pretty anymore. garbagey. Oh, is it men now too? Oh, yeah. oh. Everyone's represented on the stage. Oh, I should check right it back days. out. Yeah, you should. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back in tomorrow. Yeah. So we learned, too, that while you're waiting in line, the producer, Roger, will come down the line and kind of, like, interview because they pick all of their contestants from the audience. Right. So, like, Roger is, like, scouting for potential contestants. To get down to contestants' row. Exactly. So, like, you're in the audience screaming your head off, and then it's like, Patrick Hines, come on down. <gasps> you're the next contestant that on The Price like, is Right. Bum, bum, ba, that, was, <laughs> bum, bum, that was too real. I would kill on The Price is Right. Would you? No, I'd be awful, but okay. I'd be really fun. I think it would be so fun to go. Yeah. Should we go? Okay. Stop it. Should we go? I enjoy the program. Okay. But I think I'd be pretty good. All right, we're going. Mike and I are like not bad because when we watch it, you fucking play. You don't just really? passively watch the oh prices, right? You're not guessing the no. price of the no. lettuce or whatever. Of course, of course I am. Monster. I know, but I also don't know. Like when they show like, no like a bottle of vitamins, I'm like eight hundred dollars. Also because we live in New York City, where everything is <laughs> ten times more expensive. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it'll be like the Lipton iced tea, you know, uh-huh. like the mixer thing, and I'm like, I just I was just food shopping. It's eleven dollars, yeah, and it's like two ninety nine. <laughs> 
<laughs> but my heart is in the right place, if that yeah. means anything to you, producers. So they get in. Ted and Dee get in. They sit in the back. And, like, Ted isn't getting called up, but he's shouting out the exact... He knows the exact number that everything costs. Right. And, and he's shouting that out to the and everyone's shouting. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a screaming match the entire time you're there. Totally. And, like, Dee is shocked that he knows all the prices. I'm like, Dee, you just spent 17 days in the car with this guy. You Quizzing know he knows. Him. Yeah. Quizzing him. 100%. The two things we did not let them do, we didn't allow them to take lists into the studio. In line, when they're waiting to come into the studio, we didn't allow them to say anything in the order of, everybody pay attention to me. I memorize all the prices, so everybody listen to me when I shout on a price, we'll all shout. We didn't allow that either. But there were some rules. There were two very important rules. Yes. One, the audience could not take lists into the studio. Yeah, obviously. obviously. And you can't brag about how good you are. But also, like, when you're just yelling the accurate exact prices, yeah. when that happens, like, twice, everyone's going to be looking at you. It's also it's the same like, thing. And these rules are meant to keep the game fun. This isn't, like, winning, like, who wants to be a, a millionaire and you're, like, taking the studio for a million. Like, right. this is just, like, They're these are low-ticket. They're pricing games ticket. about refrigerators. Exactly. You know so it's saying? just meant to keep the game fun. But Ted tells us that from 1984 to 1989, he went to the show once a year. Ted. Yeah, and he was never picked. Never. And on top of that, the contestants aren't really listening to his advice. Right. Because it's just sort of noise, you know? Like, it's hard yeah. to... How do you know? Especially if you can't say, like, hey, you should listen to me. No one's going to listen to Ted. Totally. Although they should. We also learned Roger said that he and Bob figured out how to do the show. They would tape a 60-minute show in 60 minutes. No editing. Because Bob says when you can do a show at a time, you're the editor. Yes. You pick what stays in. I mean, like, that's how great everyone was at producing this My show. My only thought with that is that it doesn't give you any room to be, like, super fun. Like, I would want to be, like, you know, like, I'd want to do, like, little bits and stuff. But I I think he would, if he needed the time, yeah. he would do bits. Yeah. I think that's what he was saying. Yeah, 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 totally. So, 1990, Ted returns. It's taping number eight that he goes to. He, like, calls twice to make sure. It's the 4th of July weekend. He, he like, really wants to make sure he's not wasting his time. Right. So, he does what he does, what everyone in that room does. He's shouting out the answer to a bid from the audience. But he does it before Bob even finishes saying what the right. item is. And Bob, like, gives him some shit for it. Because it's yeah. obvious. Like, it's silent when Bob is describing the item. Yes. And he's like, $14.99! Right. And, like, like, and you hear him. Now there's the, the first, first bit of the price, price is right. right. And everyone starts laughing. And then when like the guy takes his advice yeah. and uses the number and he gets it on the dot, you get yeah. an extra hundred bucks. Bob makes Ted stand up and like take a bow. And like the audience thinks it's great. Yeah. The producers think it's great. Everyone they is Bob's, so like, excited. congratulating him. And Bob tells the audience, like, let this be a lesson to you. Yes. If you watch the show every day, you too <laughs> totally. can get the exact right price. So they go to commercial. They come back. There's another woman named Susan. She gets called up. Susan's the smarty pants. Oh, yeah. She turns because he was just exactly on the nose and like right before the commercial, she turns around to Ted and asks him straight up. Help me. Totally she mouths, help me. And he's like, okay. And Bob Barker catches them. And yes. he's like, oh, I see you two flirting over but there. But then Susan does the smart thing and asks him and then doesn't use the bid that he gives her. He tells her to bid a thousand. She bids way over what he said. Like 14 or 1500. And then when like, and she loses because he, like his bid was right. Right. His bid, it, the real price, the actual retail price was uh, like 1065. Right. It was very close, even though he didn't study this item. And the point is, he is that knows. he's done so much studying and so much Excel spreadsheets that like his guesses are yeah. still pretty, pretty close. But Susan... She's not out of luck because now there's another lady on Contestants Row who's asking him for help, but he wants to help Susan. Right. So they bring out these figurines. Susan finally turns around. He tells her six ninety five. He's right on the nose. Well, and he's, this guy fucking knows. He's, he's a not phenomenon. Subtle. He's not even yeah. saying like a dollar less. Right. He's, no, he's telling totally. her the exact bid. And Bob is like, Theodore, give you yes, that. Yes, he did. Theodore. <laughs> Will dinner tonight be separate checks? I'll pay. <laughs> there you are, Theodore. 
Whether you get on stage or not, Theodore, you won a little prize on The Price is Right. It's all very obvious. No one has a problem. This is like a grand old time for everybody. No, and then she gets up there and there's like another thing that he knows how much it is and she looks at him and doesn't take his advice and she fucking loses. Right. And so when she when that happens, when yeah. she doesn't take Ted's advice and she loses, Bob assumes that Ted was wrong. Right. And the audience comes to his defense and they're like, no, no, Bob, no he said she didn't listen. She didn't, she didn't listen. <laughs> so like, the, the Susan, point, why are you asking if you're not going to listen? And the reason we're talking about this for 10 minutes is to really show you that like this was all in good fun and part yeah. of the game and like yeah. Bob was in on it and was fine with it. The producers, they were just like, see, like this guy, he studied it and here we are and that's okay. Totally. So then they bring out a car. Ted knows exactly how much it costs. But and he sees Roger, the producer, like whisper something to Bob during the commercial break. Right. So something's like about something's to happen. Up. So he tells the guy, like the contestant looks at Ted, takes Ted's advice and it's wrong. Yeah. And then somebody, the producer. Bob Barker says to everyone and yeah. Ted, to the entire audience, hey, guess what? Hey, Ted, that bid, Yeah. you were right. But what happened is we do have a model of that car. That is the price you said, but we use different versions of the cars to quote full people like you. Exactly. So like this one had like air conditioning and the other one didn't. So it was like more, a little bit more expensive. So like Ted is saying like, oh fuck, I really got to be on my toes. And t- this inspires Ted because right. now there's websites and he like can go through all the products and he now has to memorize every kind of model of car. Like on the car's website exactly. itself. So, and so Ted looks right at Bob Barker and he's like, challenge accepted, Bob. I'll totally. see you in a year. And he fucking does it. And like Ted just has one of those encyclopedic brains yeah. that he can remember like, well, the blue one is this one and the red one is this one. And like, can to him you it's imagine? all a math equation. I like know. it all just makes sense. I know. It's amazing. My God. So in uh, early 91, my partner and I went down to the show. It was his first time going to The Price is Right. And we got in line early in the morning and a young African-American woman sat, I think she was behind us in line. Her family was supposed to come with her and they all kind of bailed on her. And so we kind of made friends with her during the course of the day. And Lauren Reynolds is the last name they call. And she screamed probably a good five seconds and jumped up. Oh my God, this is so cool. Somebody I've been talking to all day has gotten picked. So by 1991, Ted brings his partner along. Yeah, this is like he says partner. He just drops it casually. Yeah. And we learn that Ted's a homosexual. Yeah. Hey, Ted. Something like that. So yeah. they meet a woman named Lauren outside yes. on the line. They become friends. She gets picked to come down a contestant's row. Yes. And the thing is, like, it's more and more about helping people. Like, he's not being a sore loser. Like, if he doesn't get contestant's row, he's just going to be quiet and sulk. No. He wants to help everyone. And also, like, this is where we really learn that he's not cheating. He's just really good at this. Like, this isn't a scam. No. He's just, like, been studying. And he's Can also. Can you imagine? No. <laughs> and he's also like to that point almost like it's so innocent to him like yeah. what I just put in the work that's why he's not telling them like a dollar or two off exactly. that's why he's giving them the exact prices because like what's the problem here yeah. like this is encouraged I studied here I am so Lauren the girl that they met in line she gets a perfect score the next contestant to get called up she gets a perfect score yeah. he's just like I would at this point if I'm the producer I'm like okay now it's not fun anymore because no, right? <laughs> the whole point is that you're guessing and also if this were Vegas he'd be getting chips thrown at him left and right no totally. one's giving him a piece of the pie no Honest to God. Well, you also can't break apart a car. Right. So that I get, but. We also learned that, like, Ted is in the closet at home because of one of the kids. He's a math teacher. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids, like, at school asks him, like, hey, if you could have, it's a Valentine's Day thing. And if you could have any Valentine in the world, who would it be? And he says, Holly from The Price is Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like 1991. Like, of course he's in the closet. Right. The only person out of the closet in 91 was my mother. There you go. <laughs> and Terry. And Terry. <laughs> my, my dad, my mom's girlfriend, Terry. Exactly. <laughs> So Ted is going like just constantly. He's just he's always at tapings of the Price every is couple right. years. And we see the number, so he's at taping number twenty four for him. And like this time, he like charms the producer in the line, and he says he's wearing his Holly shirt again. I'm just here to kiss Holly. Sorry. Right. Bob. He says, "Forget the car, forget the refrigerator. This is why I'm here." And the producer laughs. Roger. Right. 
and then we picked it. So he finally, finally gets called down to contestants row. And we learned that, like, prior to this, he'd been having nightmares where he would get picked and then, like, the show would have to stop production. Oh, my God. Like, he's right. <laughs> but he's like, and he even says, like, joke's on me. This this documentary came out several years ago. But he's like, joke's yeah. on me. It's like 2015 and it's still going strong. Exactly. So here we go. Exactly. But even Bob Barker's happy for him. Theodore, you made it. You made it. I was, you know, very excited at that point. Theodore has been a loyal friend and true. How many times have you been here? 24. 24 times. Everyone's rooting for this guy. Can you imagine, like, we have a small version of this where, like, we have, like, such loyal listeners that we know who some of them are when we meet them in the wild. So it's so fucking cool. Yeah. And, like, but Bob, like, sees Ted and knows him right away. Yeah. Yeah. And Ted is like, his head is spinning. He's been imagining this moment his entire life. And he's already getting tripped up a little bit. (laughs) So, like, the outdoor furniture comes along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, the outdoor furniture (laughs) set. Okay. He has three options memorized of what it could be. Because, again, they're trying to trip up people like Ted. Yes. He goes with the wrong guess. And someone goes out to play his pricing game. The thing is, we see his spreadsheet, and there's legitimately two different kinds of patio furniture. could have gone either way. Like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? And the thing is, he guesses the exact amount of the other one. Exactly. That's like $10 off from the, it's whatever. But then the next item is a recliner. He bids $599, gets it dead on. He gets called up and he's again, he's just like, oh my God. Yeah. Have you seen the video where Aaron Paul? Yes, I was going to bring it up to you. Before he was famous, was on The Price is Right. He said he's so embarrassed by that. He goes, I look, he looks crazy. He drank like seven Mountain Dews or seven Red Bulls (laughs) just to like, because you have to wait in the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint going to The Price is Right. That's a good thing for us to remember, by the way. (laughs) So he pulls me back and proceeds to start to explain, you know, what we're going to do. And meanwhile, the third door opens and the prizes that I'm going to price are behind there. And Holly's going to show the prices of those. And she sees my shirt. As you well know, you can win four punches on the punch board. And starts, she kind of burst out laughing. And Bob says, come on, Holly, give him a kiss. So he can concentrate on what he's doing. So Theodore's finally up there. He's about to play punch a bunch. So as they're like lining him up for the game, Holly is there. This is like a Holly game. And this is, I don't know. I think this is garbage. I hate this. Because Ted is wearing the I'm here to kiss Holly shirt. Yeah. And he's like, Holly, come over and give him a kiss. So he can concentrate on what he's doing. First of all, the guy's a fucking homosexual, but whatever. So Holly comes over. Also, this is the best day of his life. He's on the prices right. He's worked his whole life for this. (laughs) She gives him a kiss on the cheek. She gives him like two kisses. But then she kisses him on the mouth. And like, in fairness, she looks like she's having some fun. Yeah. But like, also, what is she going to say no? Like, she's in a situation where she has to do what Bob says. Right. And just you know put what a I mean? smile on her face exactly. and just sort of deal with it. So like, Bob Barker has to like, yank Ted away from Holly. This is a fucking mess. And he's like, he was not gentle about yeah. it. Can we get back to the pricing <laughs> yeah, game, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's punch a bunch. Right. So like, you have to know the prices of items to get the punches. To earn the punches, But yeah. once you have the punches, the punch board is all luck. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. But, it, but... Like, because he knows everything, he gets all four punches. But he made this Price is Right computer game at home yes. that had Punch a Bunch on it. And yeah. so the game, he punch programmed it. I know, but it's very serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he programmed his own game to be random, just like the real show. Yeah. So he played his own game that week. He'd and been he's like using... studying by playing his own version of Punch a Bunch. And you, he didn't know he was going to get yeah, Punch yeah, yeah. a Bunch. Like, yeah. you never know yeah. what, what game you're playing. And so he punches the same holes he did on his computer game yeah. at home because he did really well and won like 10 grand on his own computer game. Yeah. So he punches four holes 
holes right in the middle in a row. Usually yeah. people go like up here and up uh-huh. there and up there. And he no one has ever done that before. It's right. really weird to go like one, two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. He wins a thousand bucks. And like I didn't do the goog, but like that was a lot of fucking money. Yeah. And he knew the thousand dollars was like the first thing he did. He could have traded it in. Like he still knew what he was doing. Right. Then like, you know, they do like the showcase showdown thing. We have to spin the wheel. Yeah, of course. And to get like, to a dollar. Come on. You gotta get to a dollar. But he doesn't. He gets 55 cents and he's like, um, maybe, maybe the next guy gets 70 cents. He's out. Yeah. And he says, like, oh my God, I've been working my whole life for this moment and now it's over. It's a series wrap on 10 series on the Price wrap. Is Right. Yeah. Because, as we learned, show rules state that once you've been selected, you are never, never eligible allowed. again. Yep. So, like, this is it. And if you're selected to get on contestants' row and you don't get up to play a pricing it game, that's counts. it. Oh my God. Yeah. But we also learned that they take him to the place where the contestants go to, like, fill out their paperwork and he feels a tap on his shoulder and it's Holly. I'm looking down at my paperwork and all of a sudden there's like this tap on my shoulder and someone's saying hi to me. I look up and it's Holly and she's handing me an autographed picture and I'm like, hey. And I got up and I gave her a hug and she said, I just, you know, wanted to bring this to you. And I was like, thank you so much. And she left. And to me, that was always like the best moment of the whole experience because she was always my favorite model. To me, it was like I didn't ask for an autograph picture, but she felt like, you know, I was such a great fan that, you know, it would be a nice thing to give me. Holly, like, of her own volition, has come over to, like, give him an autographed picture. So, and I'm like, Holly was feeling very famous that day. It's a very sweet story. And it's also, like, this guy has been coming here for 25 games and, like, he's sort of, he's, like, a major super fan. He knows all the amounts. Like, they were just being extra nice to him. I just was like, what is Holly's life like? Like, she probably didn't make that much money. She probably, like, lives in some apartment. So, you know what I mean? Like, she's a big deal on the prices, right? But, like, I'm sure they were underpaid. I'm I'm sure they were. I'm just, like, wondering what Holly's life is. And her whole job is, like, being objective. Uh-huh. and like the pressure to be you know beautiful and yeah. all this stuff it's like crazy so he won 1100 bucks total he won a thousand dollars from punch a bunch and he won a hundred dollars for guessing the exact amount to get on stage yeah. but he also <laughs> won a recliner i know and he saves all this stuff we see his receipts for like the money that he won and like they sent him swatches to pick what color recliner he, he wanted chose, like a salmon color Ted. <laughs> look he's another probably gay with no taste ted i'm speaking for both of us like girl. a light pink salmon lazy boy recliner like, you could do better than there that there was a time when the lazy boys recliners were just all the rage but like a salmon i know color? i agree first of all it's gonna get very dirty very I easily know. no look you're you're looking at me like yeah. i'm the person i would ruin that thing in a minute in a minute yeah in a minute he also won a photo laminator with the directions and he still has the directions a photo laminator yeah. that was a thing for a while yeah so ted can never be on the show again so he yeah. just sort of stops going and uh he focuses on other hobbies like collecting snoopy memorabilia we would are you, back here uh, again <laughs> we just did this with Casey Kasem. I know, I know. We see the Snoopy memorabilia, but we never talk about it. Yeah. He's like, I'm to f- which I say, yeah. <laughs> Do you give it to him again, girl? <laughs> if Snoopy is in know, a room, we are discussing him. I'm telling At you, length. like, there's an entire room full of Peanuts stuff. But also, it's a lot more organized than Shasta, whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. her name was, because it's Ted. <laughs> Totally. And Ted would also get someone actual medical attention. Snoopy dresses a doctor. Adorable. I'm we need a real live real doctor live who went doctor. to school. No, Shasta, I couldn't agree more. I hope you're listening. So in, I think it was um, 2002, the Memorial Day time frame, um, I got together a kind of a ragtag group. It was uh, my partner, a friend of ours, her mom, my nephew, my sister, my dad, another nephew, and me. That's eight. That's all of us. So we all showed up in line. A little short time later, uh, a couple of guys got in line behind us, and we soon started chatting with them a little bit. 
So Ted makes friends with Brandon, who is described as a bundle of energy at 3 a.m., to which I say Brandon is Patrick Bra- and Patrick is Brandon. I literally have Brandon is me. Like, Brandon yes. is so excited. He's like, and, and like, no one can remember anybody else's name because Brandon was so fucking excited. And so now, like, Ted's parents or whatever are, yeah. like, breaking the rules. And as Ted says, trying to pimp him out to other contestants. Yes. You're not supposed to do that. But they're doing that with Brandon. And so Brandon's like, oh, yeah? Prove it. And testing and, like, quizzing Ted about prices while they're waiting. Yeah. Brandon's like manifesting this big win. He wants a car. He wants, he's going to get he a says, dollar at the showcase. Goes, I'm going to get picked as a contestant. I'm going to win a car. I'm going to spin a dollar on the wheel and I'm going to win the showcase. Positive visualization. Here we go, Brandon. But it was like, Brandon, girl. And at, at first I was like, Brandon, are you cheating? Like, do you know that's going to happen? Because Brandon gets really focused on the Flintstones vitamins. Yeah. He's like, how much are the Flintstones vitamins? But he's so focused on the game that he forgets all about Ted. So they go in and Brandon gets picked. Right. So like, that's a big deal. But Brandon is fucking blowing it because he's like four bids in. Like yeah. He's on contestant row. This but, is it, Brandon. Yeah. And he's like, there's been four different things that have come out. Brandon's not won any of the time. I think it's like the razzle dazzle, the lights. He's just for, sort totally. of forgetting about Ted and yeah. this whole conversation they had. And so he's not listening. Right. But finally, so he on starts the listening. Fifth bid, whatever the item is, he looks at Brandon. Brandon says 1554. It's a perfect bid. It's the perfect bid. So Brandon gets on stage. Everything he was manifesting outside with Ted, it happens. He wins a fucking car. Playing dice game, which is all luck. You're literally just rolling dice. Totally. Then he spins the wheel, gets a dollar, and then Ted knows like every item in the showcase showdown, including a new car. New car. And it ended with another car. And I kind of knew roughly the price, but I'm like, I don't want to make him go over, so I'm going to under, you know, lowball this. And I decided on 20000 for the whole thing. 22018 You win! With the difference of only We thought we were going to be able to go up on stage and celebrate with him, but Roger stopped us at the stairs. <laughs> Ted tries to get on stage to celebrate with Brandon after no. Roger won't let him. No, no, no. Roger says Brandon no. wins. The showcase yeah. was 22000 so he didn't go over. He wins a total of $39,877, all thanks to Real. Ted. So we get this whole moment where one of the associate producers, this woman, Kathy Greco, invites one of her friends to attend. Her best friend, Pam. Her best friend, Pam, who attends a taping the same day as Ted. And Pam also happens to be Mark Goodson of a Mark Goodson television production, his secretary. I mean, the point is that, like, because Ted's doing this thing where he's calling out the numbers from the seats again and Kathy is basically saying to Pam you gotta check and see if he's got lists on him right he's like one of those card sharks at the fucking casino right where like they know to look out for him when he's there but he's and the not... eye in the sky is watching us all <laughs> to quote De Niro and Casino but he's not cheating right. he really just knows this stuff but what his dad is doing is telling everyone to ask him and that's what sort of gets their ears up and they're totally. like alright why why yeah. are they asking what's going on yeah yeah but now we're talking about Bob Barker retiring in 2007, as you probably know, Bob Barker retired from The Price is Right after his 35th year. 35 years. 50 years in the show business and 35 years in the show. It's a good time, and it really was. I consider myself a very lucky man because all my life I did something I thoroughly enjoy. I really did. I never got up in the morning and thought, oh, I don't want to go in there today. Never. And he's just saying, like, he lived a really charmed life. He tells this story about, like, he lives in Hollywood and there's always these tour buses going by. And he'll go out and actually, like, talk to them. And people are like, Bob, why do you do it? And he's like, because of them, I never had to have a job I hated. You know who used to do that? Jimmy Stewart used to do, used to go out and wave on his front lawn to the people who would do the tours. Yeah. Wow. But that's, like, old school guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do that. Yeah, I know you would. I'll I'll, I'll give you my address right now. You guys drive a bus by my house. (laughs) Redacted, redacted, redacted. I will absolutely wave from my living room. And so Bob Barker 
Parker, he was like, one last thing before I went, that, that young whippersnapper Drew Carey comes along. Every, like, to those guys, everyone's young. They're all like, hey, kiddo, you got your whole life ahead of you. Totally. Drew he's Carey's like, been famous for 40 years. He's like, I was going to yell at him to make sure you like you keep saying the thing about the get your pets spayed and neutered. Yeah. Drew Carey cuts him off. He's like, Bob, I'm going to do it. Yeah, help control the pet population. Totally of course. And he does do it. Does he do it of like to this he does. day? To, to help I mean, control the pet population. It's the simplest tradition to carry on. And also, that is important. I agree. Control the pet population. <laughs> totally. Too many. <laughs> So by season 37, the rules have changed. And now yes. if it's been 10 years or more since you've been on, you're allowed to become a contestant again. It seems like a weird rule to change. You know what I mean? Like, were they having a hard time getting contestants or something? Yeah, I don't know. Was it like everyone who was ever going to come to The Price is Right had already come? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That it's is a weird, weird rule to change. But that means that Ted can, like, give it another go. So to me, this was like, well, this is cool. I can go back and maybe get on a second time. So I really put a lot of effort into studying the prices over the summer. So this is the program I wrote to help me memorize the prices on the show. I broke everything down by category. And he's back to studying. He, he's built his, a program to quiz himself. It's basically yes. like flashcards. Oh, my God. But it's like like thousands and thousands of like items in this program. But now we're getting to the scandal. Yes. Because there is a scandal. Yes. Kind of. And here we are. Okay. So it's September 22nd, 2008. Yes. A guy named Terry Neese wins the showcase. Yes. And he does it by guessing the exact price not within a few hundred dollars because if you get it within a few hundred dollars you get both showcases yeah. it's like a massive but deal but the thing to know these showcases are like multiple it's like a boat and a car yeah. and like a kitchen set like these are not rounded prices like right. the kitchen set costs like 874 dollars like yeah you know what i mean like for it to have been random seems a little impossible. it's never going to be fifteen thousand. exactly you know what i mean right, right. So, and the exact price not just a couple hundred because i've yeah. seen it when that happens and the whole place explodes totally. where it's like within i think like 300 or whatever yeah. but the exact price no one has ever done that before no and it turns out that Ted was there that day and he had met Terry and his wife Linda in line. Right. So like we're gonna get this whole thing where Terry is taking full credit for like just knowing that like he, he studied too. Exactly. But and like he's smart too. We know and you can see in the footage that like he's looking back at Ted. Ted is sitting next to Linda, his, wife, his wife Linda. So like Ted is telling Linda Linda's screaming it to him. And it, we see it. And we see it. But now we see Drew Carey on Kevin Pollock's chat show or yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's what it's called. Drew Carey hates Terry because yes. Kevin Pollock brings it up and he goes, oh, that dude. Right. So now we get like all the stories about what happened from everyone's perspective. Exactly. Ted, Terry, and Drew Carey who hates everyone. Let's give the guy his prize right now and we'll investigate it. And... So when we come back on the air and you're not thrilled for the guy, which is all, all well, the I fucking think press I'm, I think about. I'm fucking, I think I'm fucked. Right. You're out of a job. I think I'm out of a job. You think they're shutting down the show? I think, I'm, I think they're shutting down the show. So like in a nutshell, like Ted met Terry and his wife in the line. They get brought in together and they're all sitting together in a row. Terry gets called up to like contestants, contestants row. row and is immediately looking back at Ted and Linda where essentially Ted's just doing math in his head, telling it to Linda and Linda is like screaming the price out to Terry. Right. That's how Terry is winning. Right. And at first he doesn't listen but then he starts to listen. Right. And we get this on-screen text that says in the broadcast version of the show Ted is removed from several shots. Yeah. They actually have like the actual footage from yes. the show and we see this we yeah. see the communication and again no one's cheating like this is all allowed right and one thing I want to point out is that like Terry again is going to take credit saying he knew all of these yeah. prices at one point we see it Terry is too far away from Linda and Ted oh, yeah. he can't see them or hear them and he, he loses he gets it wrong yeah 
So Drew Carey says to Kevin Pollack, there was this guy in the first or second row giving people advice. Yeah. And the way he says it, I'm like, Drew, that was, it might be annoying, but it's part of the gig. And, and it's, it's part also of the game. legal. Right. Right. So, so Terry gets into the showcase. And this is the big moment because Ted knows the price of all of the individual items in the showcase. Right. And he's doing the math in his head. And he's leaning over to Linda, the wife of Terry, who's actually playing the game. And he says to her, 23,743. That's what this is. Like, yep. that's the grand total. And he's like, let me do the math again. And he does it again. And he's like, nope, it's 23,743. Ted does not want to call too much attention to this. Right. So he says, Terry's going to look at me and I'm going to round up. He's still going to win, but it's not going to be to the dollar. He goes, I, you know, maybe we should only win both showcases. And let's not make <laughs> a big spectacle with the exact price. Both, I mean, yeah. contestants winning both showcases, it's a spectacle, Ted. Exactly. Either, just go no all the way. Well, like, so, because Terry doesn't look at Ted, he looks at Linda. Right. Linda doesn't know the rounding up plan. So and she, she says absolutely not. She wants to go for the gold. Exactly. So she tells Terry the exact number. He says the exact number, and then they go to commercial, and then that's when Ted's like, that's when everything fucking changed. Right. And everything stopped. <laughs> Kathy Greco, but she came out with her headphones. She was like, like that. And I was like, what happened? She goes, she had her clipboard. You got the exact amount. And I go, I went like, what? And what was the item? I feel, there was like, there's always like three, four things. I don't know. And I go, I go, that ever happened before? And she goes, no. That had never happened before. No. So that's what she said right away. People on the show were on the stage talking with other people on the show. We shut down for like 10 minutes. Right. 15 minutes, which is a long time. Drew's like, that's never happened before. She's like, no, that has never. It's the, to the dollar, it's the exact Right, number. like knowing the price of a blender yeah. is one thing. Or yeah. guessing 1500 is one thing. But this was way, way, way too specific. But like, everyone wants to say there's like some big grand conspiracy. Because Standards remember, and practices shows up. Remember Roger, the producer? Like, when Drew Carey came on, Roger got let go. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, it was an inside job. And just to fuck with the show, they gave the people in line the, the number. No, this guy, Ted, just was good at this. He had a fucking computer system that had every item in it. And he memorized it. And for whatever reason, in the moment yeah. on stage Drew Carey thinks his life is over he yes. thinks the show is over I was not following this at all because Drew Carey had, there's, they come back from commercial finally like 10 minutes later they do the thing and he's like congratulations you won extra retail price $23,743 you got a red there's no joy in his because voice because he says to Kevin Pollock he's yeah. like I just said fuck it because one they were never I, he didn't think they were ever going to air the episode and he yeah. thought his career was over for yeah. whatever reason both of those things even if they don't air the episode like whatever it doesn't make any sense I was like Drew this is like a big you should be like Bob Barker did the show for 30 I years of this be happy he is so monotone he's like yeah. you got it right on the nose <laughs> great job everybody yeah. spay and neuter your fucking pets or whatever bye <laughs> And, like, throws the mic down and walks away. Like, Drew, Drew. like, why are you, like, Drew Carey is no fun. I will not hear otherwise. I th and I wonder if he absorbed Kathy's vibe and standards and practices. Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. He's like, I'm still the new guy. Yeah, I, like, it's my I fault. Because, like, everyone is acting like it's a fucking emergency. Yeah, like, the feds are I, here. I, go, go, go. We got guys in, like, SWAT team out there. I know. Like, it became no. very solemn. It and I think he was sense. like, shit, it's over. My I, life is over. I, I, I'm, I'm, like, why are you jumping to my life is over? Like, this show's been on the air since 1950 and you just had like a first why isn't this the best day of your life so drew eventually is like yeah there was no conspiracy like we yeah. just repeat the prizes so much and people can memorize them plus like we encourage the audience to do this and drew goes kevin however yeah that's never gonna happen again no, because it, because of this they changed the rules he's like the fucking fun police he's like let's make sure it's no fucking fun anymore whatever like drew Carey, you also you're the host of the prices right can you stop taking yourself so goddamn seriously it's just a price oh game. my god play a little bit of plinko and then we learn that like so ted goes home every 
everything's fine and people are being mean to Ted on the internet. Right. And also Terry is now claiming that he's hard of hearing right. because he's like, I'm a genius. <laughs> I did this all by myself. Yeah. Linda who, Ted who. He's like, and if you if you notice, I am very hard. Well, say that one more time. I'm very hard of hearing. I, I never could have heard anyone pitching me It's bits. just like, who cares, Terry? Like, you didn't break any rules. Like, are you afraid you're going to get in trouble? Are like, you need people to think you're some mad genius? Yeah, what are you that's talking what, that's about? That's what he wants because th- it ends with a quote on screen text that says, if there's one thing I've learned through all this, it's that there's such a thing as being too perfect. <laughs> Terry Nee said that. <laughs> Terry, <laughs> give me oh a break. Oh, my God. <laughs> We did, what's it called? The perfect bid. The contestant who knew too much. The Natalie Grillo story. Natalie was the one who told us to do this? Well, I had watched it, and then we discussed it, and she was like, can you you guys please do it? And I'm like, yeah, when we need a little bit of a break from all the murder and stuff, I'll throw this in, here we are. I was saying, I had a smile on my face all day. I'm so glad. I loved covering this. I thought maybe you'd be like, what the fuck is this? This It's going on forever. I I hate every second. (laughs) 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 Fam, don't forget, follow ObsessedFest at ObsessedFest on Instagram. We're putting posts up every day. You can see what it was like. You can see how it was. That's we're going to put up all yep. of our information about tickets for next year. That's right. Follow us on TikTok. It's True Crime Obsessed Pod. Yep. Also follow us on Instagram. It's True Crime Obsessed Podcast. Join us on the Patreon where you can see our live show from Obsessed oh, Fest. Oh boy. You can also get 350 full ad-free bonus apps right this second. Yeah. Girl, what are we doing next? We are doing the Martha Mitchell effect on Netflix. Oh, tell me about this one. Here's the description as per Netflix. Okay. This documentary profiles the cabinet member's wife who spoke out during Watergate and the Nixon administration's campaign to gaslight her into silence. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck Burn you, it Nixon. down, Martha Mitchell or whatever you, your name is. You are a crook, Richard Nixon. <laughs> Remember that I am not a crook? Even Torn I know that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fam, stay tuned for our amazing and hilarious and ridiculous outtakes <laughs> and then the trailer for that. Bum, bum, ba, da, That's what happens when you don't, when you hit it wrong. That's true. When you lose. You love The Price is Right. I love it. I didn't know that. It's really fun. It's amazing. I love that for you. It's a you. really fun game, even though sometimes I'm bad at it because yeah. I live in a city where everything is 10 times <laughs> more expensive true. than anything else. Yeah. I think a stick of butter is 11 50 <laughs> So I'm not great, but my heart's in it. All right, we love you, fam. We love you, bye. Bye. Well, sweetie, I tell you what, if I'm doing anything wrong in this government, just tell me about it. Martha Mitchell hit this town like a bombshell. In fact, she is getting to be known as the unguided missile. But I do say what I please. (laughs) It wasn't that the president didn't like women. He didn't like loud women. (laughs) She was the first to say Nixon should resign. This man knew what was going on. He was negligent in being president. Did you see what Martha Mitchell did? No. She wanted to protect John, but I don't think she knew how involved John really was. All of a sudden, these rumors start flying out of the White House. I think she was scared all the time something else might happen to her. What is it called? Santa Barbara? San Jose? Santa, Santa Barbara? How dare you? I don't know anything about Santa this. Santa Barbara was a staple of my childhood. All it right. would come on right after DuckTales. I would come, run home from school, watch DuckTales. DuckTales, Eat I knew. almost DuckTales. an entire Woo. box of um, Honey Bunches of Oats. Okay. And then I would watch Santa Barbara. Yeah. Because it started in the 50s. As like a primetime TV show. Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, No, I learned it. Like it was on at the nighttime. Yeah. That's what primetime means. Yeah. 
another TikTok I, I like to watch is this account where a mom lets her kids play with the Ouija board and she goes downstairs to the circuit breaker and turns off the light. That became like a trend and then they started screaming. Oh, yeah. I got to learn sometime. Don't fuck with them. And we're, the, we're in that time where everyone thinks they can be cute because it's October and yeah, try yeah, to yeah, mess yeah. with everyone on the nope. other side. Leave no, them don't. alone. Oh my God. Consider them bears. That right. is standard. Yes. So yeah. then when they come back, it's like the big reveal. It's the cliffhanger, right. So cliffhangers, that's a fun game too. It's a pricey game. One. Oh my God, yodeling, yodeling. <laughs> the guy yodels up. Yodeling, well, yodeling, yodeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just You're thought you were right. making yeah. prices right. No, no, no. <laughs> 